Section 18 of the American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The American Bee Journal, Volume 6, Number 4, October 1870, by Various, Around Among Apiaries. Mr. Editor, as I have been visiting among beekeeping friends, I will give you a few lines that may interest some of your readers. The season here has been very variable in the yield of honey from the clover blossoms and also from honeydew. I made a short visit to Hess and Co.'s apiary some ten miles from Fulton on the Iowa side of the Mississippi, who have about 180 colonies. Their bees did not yield much white clover or basswood honey, but did well on honeydew. The honey from the latter is very dark and sticky, and to most persons is of poor flavour. Their bees did not swarm much this season, though they are surrounded with all the early flowering trees, such as soft maple and hard elm, willow, and all other kinds natural to our soil, alike on the island's bottoms and uplands. I next visited Marvin and Brothers of St. Charles, Illinois. Their apiary numbers 175 to 200 stocks. Their bees have not done anything to speak of, and from appearance and prospects they will have to be fed to go through the winter. There was hardly any rain here from the last of March to the last of June. White clover blossomed very little, and alcyke was almost a failure from the drought. It did not grow tall enough to be cut for seed where it did come into bloom. But Messrs. Marvin are not discouraged. They think there is good time coming yet for bees, though it be not this season. They have some of the great Rocky Mountain bee plant growing, but it has not done anything for them since they have had it. It is now in full bloom, yet very seldom a bee lights on it. I also made a brief call on M. M. Baldridge, the secretary of the Great National Beehive Company at St. Charles. His bees will likewise have to be fed to go safely through the winter, if fall pastures do not supply sufficient honey for their need. Mr. Baldridge is doing a considerable business in manufacturing honey-emptying machines now that the demand for beehives is over for this year. I next visited Mr. Thompson of Geneva. He is young in the bee business, but quite enthusiastic. Although he lost all his bees last winter, he was not discouraged, but tried again this season. Like most new beginners, he increased his stock rather too rapidly, especially in so poor a season as this has proved to be in that section generally. Bees, however, did somewhat better at Geneva than at St. Charles, only two miles away. At Batavia, the same distance below, the bees have done moderately well. Let me remark here that the rains throughout the West for the most part went in narrow streaks this season, especially in June, sometimes not over half a mile wide. This accounts for the difference in the condition of colonies in apiaries only a few miles apart. I called on Mr. Way at Batavia and took a look at his bees and honey. He has a good supply of surplus white clover honey on hand, having been fortunate enough to be within the range of one of the seasonable rain streaks. The most of his colonies have honey enough to pass the winter safely, if they should not be able to gather any more. I was told that the good people of Batavia tried to get Frontway's bees expelled from the city limits, as a nuisance, for fear they might possibly sting somebody. Among the Honey Dealers of Chicago I do not think that the largest honey dealer in Chicago is doing the fair thing by his patrons, that is, if he wishes to do a permanent business and retain his best customers. He would rather buy honey in large boxes and frames, and then cut it into three or four small strips, put it in glass jars, and fill up the jars with inferior strained or Cuba honey. 
At the same time, he discourages the beekeepers from taking their honey from the combs with the mill extractor, for the simple reason, I suppose, that he can make more money by straining the honey himself, as I was told he had a nice stream apparatus for fixing overstrained honey. As to the commission men, there are not many of them to be trusted, as it is seldom that honey is handled with the care it ought to receive, and when it gets to leaking, they sell it for any price they can get in order to be rid of it. There is a great fault, too, in the manner of shipping it, to have it go through in good shape, as the railroad men do not handle things very carefully. To get the best price from honest dealers, the box honey must be put up in neat small boxes, weighing not over seven pounds gross, and to get a market established for extracted honey it should be shipped to some reliable men, and the jars must be labelled with the quality of honey and the name of the producer. Then the agent can recommend it to his customers, and warrant it pure, and all you have should be shipped exclusively to him. When properly put up, I do not think there is much to be feared from adulteration. Fulton, Illinois, September 5th, 1870 A good swarm of bees put in a diminutive hive in a good season may be compared to a powerful team of horses harnessed to a baby wagon, or a noble fall of water wasted in turning a petty water wheel. Langstroth Narrow minds think nothing right that is above their own capacity. End of section 18